0: What is up, everyone? You're listening to the Super Blitz podcast. Uh, in this week's episode, we will be doing our takeaways for every team left in the NBA. And to wrap it off, we will be giving you our NFC North predictions. Super
1: Blitz starts now.
0: Okay, okay let's... let's start with the takeaways. So this segment, we will be giving you our 16 takeaways for each team left in the NBA bubble. Okay, let's start the Lakers.
1: The Lakers shooting, it sucks, okay, in game one. KCP, Danny Green, they keep missing open shots. Kuzma, but in game two, it was a completely different story where LeBron and AD took it in their own hands. Really, AD is a phenomenal player, showed why he is an absolute monster, scoring almost 27 points, 11 rebounds, and... And game three will be really important for both teams.
0: So Damian Lillard. This is the Portland Trail Blazers. So Damian Lillard, he's an absolute monster and a beast. He had a phenomenal game one, but he struggled in game two. Uh a key to the Blazers chance to be for uh, to beat the Lakers are their guards because the Lakers don't have Avery Bradley. So Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum will have to be key in order for the Lakers, for the in order for the Trailblazers to beat the Lakers this week. And a key addition that helped the Blazers even reach the playoffs is Nurkic, but Nurkic will have to have the tough chance of guarding Anthony Davis. Um, but hopefully uh, Hassan Whiteside will have to take a step up. Although he had an incredible four blocks in Game One and two blocks in Game Two. I just think that the, uh, overall, the entire Blazers roster has to step up if they have to beat the Lakers in this series. In this series, I have the Lakers winning in seven.
1: Okay, Raptors fans, this is going to be an easy, I mean, easy series for you. Game three, you've you're winning the series 3-0, and you're shutting down the Nets, and you played tremendously. Your balanced scoring attack is definitely something to note, and... You guys have something to prove this season. Um, really, there's, but there's bigger stuff, things ahead. You're probably going to play the Celtics. And if you're, you should, you should be ready for that.
0: Okay, then, then, Brooklyn Nets. I just have a oh, one word you.
1: Damn!
0: You're literally playing without, like, five of your best players. Karris Slivert shows that he can be a proven star if he steps up. You, you challenged the Portland Trailblazers, and they, you almost made them lose, kicking them out of the playoffs. I mean, you're without, you like, two best players, and you're without Wilson Chandler. We are without DeAndre Jordan. It's basically your team from last year, minus D'Angelo Russell. I mean, you're putting in a fight against Toronto. It just proved that the Nets can be title favorites next season.
1: I believe the Bucs will win the series 4-1. Okay, the Magic took Game 1, and it was really surprising, but Giannis is putting monster numbers. 20 rebounds a game, a game 20 rebounds, and almost more than 30 points. I mean, your team you, plays great defense in the paint, but in Game 1, Vucevic scored 28 points against you, and this is definitely not acceptable in later rounds when you play against big men like Siakam and Gasol. Also,
0: okay, I'm to, to bucks. I mean, Chris Middleton, he's not playing well. He's not shooting the ball efficiently. I and mean, he was so close to getting 50-40-90 club, which is, like, impossible to get. I mean, the only people who have gotten it, if, as of my knowledge, that currently plays is Stephen Curry, and you already know he's one of the best shooters of all time. So, <clears throat> the, the Chris Middleton has to step up. He's a big reason on why the Bucs were successful, and he, if he doesn't play well in the playoffs, I don't think the Bucks can get past the Heat in the second round. Uh, is you can't always rely on Giannis, and if I don't think if the if I think that if the Bucs don't make the uh, finals this year, I think that Giannis will leave and request the trade. And after the Warriors got the second pick, I think that that can easily be a trade. Okay, so the Orlando Magic. I have the Bucks taking it in six. I just think that the Bucks are taking this as like a warm round against the Magic just like, get their players, like, familiar with playing basketball again. But uh, they're playing without Jonathan Isaac, who's going to be out of next season, too, because he's towards ACL, sadly. And they played game uh, games one and two without Aaron Gordon, and they, still, and they still managed to tie it. I mean, Aaron Gordon is probably going to be back for game three, but it's not certain yet. So I feel like if they can put someone on Giannis, they can... They can extend the series to six or seven games. I feel like this can be a close series if Terrence Ross uh, and Evan Fournier played the way they did in game one. Uh, yeah. Okay.
1: Okay, so for okay Oklahoma City, I have multiple concerns. As my favorite team, number one, offensive picks won't work because small ball. I mean, Chris Paul and Steven Adams really rely on the pick and roll. So their game is done. And... Adams needs to be in the post more. Shy is shooting really well, but he needs to he needs to really step it up. Uh then he'd definitely play better defense. Shooter pump fakes way too much. And Rob Robertson, I know he got injured, but he has to play more minutes. Steven Adams is a defensive liability. Game three should have a different offensive and defensive game plan so we don't get shut out by the Rockets again.
0: Didn't you guys really lose to the Rockets yesterday?
1: No, we're playing a game on Saturday the twenty seventh. Saturday twenty seventh. Down three o. No, down two o. I'm pretty sure, but it's
0: we're oh, down okay. two.
1: Today. We're down two yeah, o, yeah. but it's not looking good at all. I have the
0: I have the Rockets taking the series in, in six actually. I think the Thunder can rally back, but yes, sure. The you're about Houston. Yeah, yeah, sure. Your small ball lineup may work against a scrappy team like OKC. The best player is Chris Paul and a bunch of youngsters who have zero experience in the playoffs. But I just don't think that your small ball word would work against the Lakers. I mean, you have no one to put on AD. I mean, who are you going to guard? Your center, who played small forward last, last uh, year? Robert Covington. It'll be hard to stop AD even though you beat them in the seeding games. I mean, the Lakers didn't look in the season seeding games, but I just don't think small ball can win a championship. This offseason, I feel like the Houston would have to trade for someone like Kevin Love, play their center, like a stretch for that will allow for Russ and Harden to drive. I just don't think that if you're there's their supposed point guard, LeBron James is taller than anyone on your roster. So I just don't think that you have the size to beat teams in the long run.
1: Okay, the Nuggets need to have a plan to stop Donovan Mitchell, period. He's tearing you apart. The bench needs to step up, or it will not be a good series. Jamal Jamal Murray needs to shoot the ball more. I mean, get the ball more. He's been shooting 50%, but he's only got 14 points. Also, I believe Jokic is the best center behind AD. Well, AD plays power forward, but best big man. I think he's better than Embiid. Uh, I mean... Yeah, Embiid and Porzingis, and he needs to definitely show that. Though, I think this will be the closest series of the first round.
0: Um, I have the Jazz winning in six. The, the, uh, Donovan Mitchell put up the third most points in a playoff game ever. I mean, you let sl- sl- just take a pause to condemn Donovan Mitchell on that fantastic achievement. But really well go bear cannot play offense. He can't play offense. The Jazz are too reliant on Donovan Mitchell to run their offense. I mean in game three yesterday the Mike Conley let Jazz play phenomenal. I just think that and uh they they will obviously beat the Nuggets based on how they're playing the series. But going in taking a, going to my takeaways, I just don't think that they match up well against the Clippers because uh, the Clippers' weakness is their center position, and I don't think that Gobert can exploit uh, Zubac because his offensive game is absolute garbage. And um, they can put like a wing defender on Mitchell, such as like Paul George or Kawhi. And I'm not too worried about Mike Conley against the Clippers. I honestly think that the Jazz will make it out of the first round but get swept by the Clippers or something like that. Uh, okay. Speaking of the Clippers...
1: The Clippers lost game two and would have lost game one if Porzingis was not ejected you kind of maybe have would have lost game three if Luca wasn't hurt and you have to stop Luca with one of your players Kawhi or PG Paul George You have no you I know you guys won game three, but it's the Porzingis is tearing you apart but you and you also do have the magic Kawhi in the postseason, but you do have the Paul George playoff curse
0: I mean, uh, I mean, Paul George isn't shooting well, but I just feel like Luka's playing out of his mind. Like, I didn't expect him to play this well in the playoffs, even against the Clippers defense, but unfortunately, he got injured at the end of last of last game. I mean, Mavericks probably back and almost, uh, and almost tied the game up, but I just feel like if Luka was there, I think the Mavericks would have actually tied the game up and made it very close in the fourth quarter and even have a chance to take it. I just think that... um. I think that the Mavericks' future is really bright with Luka and locked locked up for the next five to six years. And I think they have, like, room to make, add, like, a max free agent this offseason. So they, I think they should go for someone, like, maybe a Stephen Adams type or maybe a uh, Hassan Whiteside. Just, like, a, a rebounding center so that... Cause right now, your current starting center is Maxi Kleber. But... uh. I just feel like uh Przingis will be more effective stretching the floor in comparison to him driving uh, for for a bucket because uh Perzingis is more like a shooter and it'll just give Doncic more space to kind of like do his thing. Doncic is like a bona fide star in this league already. I mean he already averaged twenty nine points per game. And if I
1: were if I were a Ma- Mavericks fan, I'd be excited. Okay, the Heat are really looking strong with Jimmy buckets and Bam Adebayo. I think Jimmy Butler and Bam have to become a bigger scoring tra- threat because Bam put up like six points, like six points in one game. All stars don't do that. Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn have both been playing really good. They got them at both the, out of the G League, so that was a really good addition by the Heat. Though the, I don't think the Heat look like they can advance far if Jimmy. Butler and Bam Adebayo don't play really well.
0: I, I actually disagree with you on this. I feel like that he will easily make it out of the first round. They're already up three zero, but uh yeah. And I just disagree with you. I mean, have you seen Bam Adebayo against Giannis this season? He's been able to efficiently guard Giannis, and if they have, the, if he ha- if he can efficiently guard Giannis, he doesn't need to play well on the offensive side. I mean, Jimmy Butler automatically play well. And did you know in the bubble, the Bucks have the worst three-point defense in the entire league? So <clears throat> my man Duncan Robinson can light it up for three. In addition to Tyler Hero, I, I have the Heat taking that series, actually. I know it makes surprise people, but I actually think that the Heat will win against the Bucs. I mean, the Magic are already giving the Bucks a hard time. Imagine facing the Heat.
1: I think Chris Middleton will step it up in round two. Honestly, dude, if he's not playing well now, he won't play well. Well, he's, I mean, um, yeah, but you can say without Bam Adebayo, the Heat are. I mean, they and plus Jimmy Butler chokes a lot in the playoffs. Just look at last year. I don't think he can lead the team to an year, Eastern Conference final last year. He played well in the playoffs. Yeah, but he couldn't even get his team past Bro, the, the he, Raptors. He didn't their team was so good. Yeah, like they had four All-Stars. Or, like, three All-Stars and one great shooter. Here's your team. Have you seen the Sixers this year without Jimmy Butler? Okay, I agree. They are worse, but also that the, the Sixers are worse because they don't have... Um... Have you seen the Heat with Jimmy Butler? Like, Jimmy Butler, like, makes this team better. Yeah, okay. I agree with that, but not that much better than a, a round two thing. They... I think that the Sixers, okay, the Sixers were better last year, but Jimmy Butler had to leave. They didn't have enough money, first of all, and second of all, they tried to bring young players in. That's why they left J.J. Redick, too.
0: Okay, so the Pacers, uh, I mean, their team is just injured. Like It's tough to say. I mean, T.J. Warren is getting this many opportunities. I just don't think that he is that efficient. I mean, if he was really this good, we'd be lighting it up in the playoffs. But Jimmy Butler's been guarding him and locking him up. <clears throat> and Victor Oladipo has been a shell of former, his former self, former self after returning from his injury. And DeBonta Sabonis is injured. So the pace, it's just tough to give an analysis on the Pacers right now. Honestly, they'll probably take a game, but that's probably it. Okay, the 76ers.
1: Okay, the Sixers, down 3-0, I mean, they don't have a chance.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, Ben Simmons, I mean, he would have been nice to guard like Kemba or J- uh, Jalen Brown. I mean, that would have clearly helped. And I just think that if Ben Simmons will here, I think that the Sixers would have a 2-1 lead because two of the games are close, and uh, Kemba Walker and Jalen Brown have been lighting it up. If Ben Simmons were uh, able to go run one of them, I just don't think the uh, Celtics match up all against the Sixers. And talking about the Celtics, uh, I had the Celtics originally going to the finals, but I changed my prediction after Gordon Hayward got injured. I just feel like Gordon Hayward is a pivotal part in the Celtics roster. I mean, he, he can light it up from three after breaking his back. Uh, the Celtic and he's been playing like not as well as he did in Utah, but I just think that like give it some more time. I think Gordon Hayward can return to his former self, but injury after injury, Gordon Hayward has slowly been like fading. Hopefully, he returns in time for Toronto, but that's very unlikely.
1: Also, I think the Sixers. I've, just going back to the Sixers, I think their coach should be fired just on their game three performance. I mean, up by really? six in the first quarter, I mean, with one minute left to go, you should win that game.
0: I mean, I think that Ben Simmons is going to be traded this offseason. I just don't think that Ben Simmons, who can't shoot, or he probably can shoot, but he refuses to take shots. And uh, Joel and will fit together. I think that the that they can potentially trade Al Horford for Chris Paul. I think they should uh, flip Ben Simmons for two like two wing shooters or something. They can run like a lineup of Tobias at the four. They can run Chris Paul at the one. They can probably run like two shooters, and I think that'll work very well for the Sixers. Or they can maybe start Matisse Thybul, who can help with defense.
1: Also, Cork Moss, he's a really good shooter. But let's just go to the oh. NFC North right now. Uh, we're okay, going to. Okay, so
0: we're going to be doing our NFC North predictions. So yeah. Let's start with the Vikings. I mean, I haven't won. Like, I haven't winning the division just because of the fact that Kirk Cousins has has started to play well in the prime time. They have an improved defense after losing uh the bum, uh, Xavier, Roads. Yeah, Xavier Rhodes. and uh, they have a better offensive line. Uh, and he, although they lost Stephon Diggs, I mean, he didn't really do anything. I think that drafting Justin Jefferson, who's a very fast receiver out of LSU, I just think... They would do better, honestly. that He matches the same production that Stephon Diggs had last season, and Adam Thielen is a pretty good receiver.
1: So I think that the White Vikings bounce back and take this division. Also, I think something people don't know about Vikings is that they have a lot of superstars, if you don't think about it. Dalvin Cook is... I think at least a top-five running back. Thielen is a great wide receiver. Kirk Cousins is re- becoming good. Harrison Smith. Daniil Hunter, ferocious pass rusher. Everson Griffin, really good pass rusher. For the last couple of years, they had a really good team, like superstars on their team. But let's go to the Packers. I think they're going to go 9-7. and seven. I know they made it to the NFC Championship last year. I don't think Rodgers will end his career with the Packers. Their defense is pretty good with Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith, their defensive line. Plus, they got Jair Alexander. Pretty good defense, but their offense is aging. And Aaron Jones had a pretty good season last year, but I don't think he can repeat that. And also, Devontae Adams, he's great, but there's no other wide receiver help. And their offensive line is becoming very old.
0: Okay, the Chicago Bears. I mean, they're going to go eight and eight or seven and nine. They're just too inconsistent at quarterback to make the playoffs. Uh, their def I mean, that's why they traded for Nick Foles, who's again inconsistent. I think that signing Cam Newton would have been better for the Chicago Bears because he's Cam Newton. The defense obviously took a step back this year. Uh, as seen by the stats. I just don't think that. I think their defense will. Better than they were last year, but I just don't think that would be enough to propel the Bears to the playoffs. And they had questionable wide receiver play out, uh, with the exception of Allen Roberts Robinson. Uh, yeah.
1: Okay, let's do the Lions four and twelve. Uh, they're tanking. I I think DeAndre Swift can become a good player because a lot of Georgia backs come become really good, like Nick Chubb, Todd Gurley. So. Georgia produces some really good running backs, but still, I mean, Matthew Stafford, underrated quarterback, he has, and their wide receiver core is good, but offensive line, extremely bad, and their running back play last year was pretty bad, secondary was bad, Darius Slay, you lost him, linebackers and defensive line, they don't have a lot of talent. Taking. Huh? They don't have a lot they of... They lost him
0: for a fourth-round pick.
1: Yeah. I know, I know. Darius... Yeah, exactly. They're... Darius Slate is a superstar cornerback, so they don't have a lot of roster talent. Okay, and that wraps up our podcast. I okay. Thank you for watching.
0: Thanks for watching. Yeah. Uh, Guys, remember to donate. We actually... Our podcast is 100% nonprofit. We, we want to raise money for charity. You can find out more about that on our podcast uh, on our website, which will be in the link uh, in the description. Speaking of our podcast website, we have a ton of cool features, including trivia uh, questions that are updated every week. Just go make sure to check that out. And thank you guys for watching.
1: Yep. Remember, the website is superblitzpodcast.com. And thank you for watching. As always, please come back next time. Bye.
0: See you. Bye.